I'm Vicki. I'm Greg. Uh, we are brother and sister, raised together. However, we took two different roads on this journey we call life. I'm a convicted felon. I have a doctorate in business administration. We share our thoughts, comments, and insights on topics that impact our lives and the lives of our listeners. Uh, my name is Dr. Vicki Harris. I'm here with my brother. Uh, not a doctor, G Money. Not a doctor, G Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing today. And we are going to use this podcast as an opportunity for two siblings that started out together but took different paths. How we see the world and how our differences are split. But regardless, we still love each other. And regardless of how ridiculous my ideals are to him or vice versa, like we, we, uh, we, it's all love. We can be different. It's all love. So this pilot episode is going to be a bit of a hodgepodge. It's just to see our chemistry and to see uh, how- She can keep a straight face the entire time we're doing this podcast. Shoot, uh, that's I have already failed. <laughs> Recent thing in the news right now is the death of a of a fourteen year old child. Uh, what was her name? I, I don't want to mispronounce it. Her name was Kayla Bryant. Kayla Bryant. So, so first, I want to say condolences to her family, her friends, um, those that love her, those that. Uh, knew her and those that have experienced any uh, um, emotions or uh, at this loss, you know, my condolences go to you. Um, anything that we say is not an attack on you or your person or on um, the young lady. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, it is uh, our opinions. Or and, and can be used for educational purposes. If, if, because there are some things that we're going to discuss that some people are not going to agree with. That is okay. You have a right to your opinion, just like we have a right to our opinion. But we're going to try to get to some truth for today. All right. So we, uh, and here's a funny thing. Me and him have not discussed this topic yet. So I don't know how he feels about it. And he doesn't know how I feel about it. So ah, we're going to have a quick little, little chat and, uh, all right, Greg, what's your opinion about this whole thing? All right, let me give everybody the rundown. 13-year-old girl killed by a police officer in Ohio. Uh, from the story, allegedly, four or five girls came to this girl, Kayla Bryant's house, had been trying to come to her house to try to fight her. Well, the mess goes on. Well, then, I guess she's apparently going to fight one person. This girl's in her driveway with her parents and some other people that I could see in this video they were watched. They start to fighting. Uh, Caleb pulls out a knife, and it seems like within shit, it probably took less than ten seconds from the beginning of the fight that you can see on the video. The police pull up. It sounds like he yells, "Drop the knife!" And he look, she has a knife, and you can hear her yelling in the background, "I'm gonna stab you, bitch!" And the police officer shoots. He could have used a taser, maybe because a lot of people don't understand. If you're fighting, or if you've been in a fight, somebody yelling in the background to stop is not going to make you fight. And maybe if he'd have fired a shot off in the air, maybe she would have stabbed the other little girl. 
We don't know the mindset of Michaela Bryan right now. But the problem that I had with this video to begin with was not just the police, it was the father. If anybody who's watched this video, we've seen the father kick toward the, the, the girl who's almost stabbed. And we're going to call her victim two because the girl with Michaela is victim one because she did get killed. Victim two got kicked in the head by Kayla's father. You can see this on video. You can see this, the knife when Kayla has it, and that's when the police open up fire. And you can hear the father say, uh, you just shot my daughter. And my point is, why in the hell is your daughter fighting somebody with a knife on your property? You know what I'm saying? Like, before the police even got there, if she called the police, she should have been in the house. I'm the father. I'm going to stand outside. Then I'm going to wait till the police get there. If my daughter feels the need to call the police, but me as a parent and me coming from my background, the police wouldn't have showed up. It would have been an ambulance first because if you come to my house and you come onto my property with some type of ill intent, there is no other conversation that needs to be discussed. You come for drama, we're going to give it to you. Then you can call, then we may call the police and an ambulance for you. We may try to save you, but if you come to our property with complete ill intent, you will receive ill intent. And my problem with this, this is, it's, everybody's wrong across the board. The police officer should have never shot her. Michaela should have never pulled a knife. I don't care how many it was. If it, if it was five of them, then she should have been in the house. The parents should have been in the house. You're calling the police. And for the life of me, I don't think the officer had to shoot to kill her. He shot her four times. Maybe you could have tased her. Maybe your training was she's got a deadly weapon. He's about to stab this little girl. You know, a lot of people are getting mad because they're thinking, oh, it's another white police officer shooting a black girl. Yes. But this black girl had a knife and she wanted to stab the girl. But my whole thing is this, though. People need to think about the mindset. A group of girls come to someone's house. Oh, she needs a knife to defend herself. So it's five of you. I'm going to take one of you with me. You know? I, I, can, truly, I can truly understand that. My sister's laughing, but that's how it is. Maybe that was her mindset. But if that's your mindset, why is that your mindset with your parents there? What do you, you know, this is a foster home, just so a little bit more background on this. She's come from a troubled childhood, you know what I'm saying? Smart girl, brilliant smart girl, but troubled life. You know, there's no reason why she should have had that knife. If I'm the parent, I'm like, go in the house. If you call the police, don't even worry about it. If you bitches try to cross the threshold of our door, we're going to lock the door behind them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They come to party. You know, that's what I'm saying. They come for a party. That's how I would look at it. People are like, oh, you're wrong. Violence is never the answer. Y'all don't understand what the day and age is. They're glorifying, riding around in cars, sliding, killing, stabbing, and killing. You know, killing is the trend right now. So, what am I supposed to think if a group of you come to my house and even have the nerve? To come on my property, even more nerve to come into my house. I gave you a chance when I let you on the property, but then you tried to get into my house. Oh, you must have some type of weapon. So I'm going to lock the door behind you. You come for a party. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you know, she's laughing, you know, but like seriously, most and a lot of people feel my way, black and white, you know, in all colors, you know, you come, a lot of them's like, they're laughing at me. You made it to the door, it, to my house. Most people, you're not even going to make it to the property. They see as soon as you step your foot on the property line, your body going to fall forward and you're going to be on their property. You know, some people aren't even going to give you as many chances that I'm going to give you. But the outcome's going to be the same. You know, it, it's just crazy. I think it's just wrong on all levels. What do you think? I, I can't argue with that. I should have <laughs> went first. Because the way that you laid it out, you're right. There's culpability across the board. And while, yes, this is a, another incident of a, a, a person of color being shot, by a police officer, a Caucasian or a, a white police officer. Yes, there is there. But to your point, the I, I'm glad I'm not the police officer. I'm glad that I am just this person meddling in another crisis. Because if I'm the cop, how do I know? How do I know what the right thing to do is? And to your point, if I was trained to shoot to kill or, you know, okay, let's de-escalate. How do you do how you do escalate a a a arm that's already in motion? motion. Yeah. How do you do that? You know, yeah. could he have just shot her arm, shot her leg? Well, you know, maybe not to be funny. Maybe he was trying to. He was not a good shot. Maybe this though. Now he hit her center mass, but this is mm -hmm. the thing too. This is the problem. This is what we have a problem with, and I understand this. It's the distance the girl was with the knife. We're going. Okay, from victim two, because I don't know her name. Victim one has a knife. When she took the initial shots, how close was she to that girl? To me, three or four feet. Lunging with a knife, it don't take that much. People don't understand. It don't, it don't, and it wasn't no little bitty pocket knife. From what I can see on the camera, there was some shit that belongs on. Uh, cooking show somewhere, you know, that's, that's one of them kitchen knives, you know, I, I'm a, a cook by nature, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, and I know these knives, it don't take much, and you're done, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you. So, I don't know what the, the I don't know enough about law enforcement to, to ha have an opinion that has any value, but what I do think is, I, I why couldn't you use a taser? Why could not have that not have been your first instinct? But I get it. Also, you you don't know how old this kid is. Like you get here, you don't know everything yet. You're asking what's going on. You see all this fighting and this uproar, and then you see someone with a knife. You know what what would have happened if he didn't get it? You know he didn't couldn't get to his taser. He didn't shoot, and he the little girl. The victim one stabs the girl and, and she bleeds out. Now she's victim one. But everybody put yourself in the parents' shoes of victim two. Would you want the police to shoot Kayla Bryan if it was, she was standing over your daughter with a knife? <sighs> Awkward silence for your for a lot of people. This is I think it's just messed up across the board. This is one of these situations where I don't think it's it is part of Black Lives Matter, and this is why I think it is, is because this is a failure of the parents. I think the father needs to get his ass whooped. 
If that was the father or if even the foster parent, he's someone need okay, I'm not advocating violence. I don't want nobody to kill him. Someone needs to slap the shit out of him. You a grown ass man kicking some young girl in the head while your daughter's fighting or has a knife or whatever the whatever it is. Really? Is that that's how it goes down? If anything, I'd have went to jail by myself because I'd have beat all of them up. You're on my property, right? I can just start fucking up people's kids. No, if you weren't trying to fuck them up, I'm going to take my kids. I have two daughters. They would be out of the way. I move out of the way. You stay in the house. You can, they can call you a punk. They can call you whatever. They're going to call you alive. And if they keep playing with you, then we'll deal with that for mom. We can play a game. We can have a party for them or something. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, can, we can have a party. You know what I'm saying? That's me. My sister would probably call the police, get restraining orders. And I, I don't have time for a restraining order. I, I, the police been, Once the police have been called once and you continue your behavior, there's a reaction. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what type of society we're living in. They glorifying killing of people that look like us. That is not what we want to do. That's not what we want to do. That is not what we want to do. He could have, as a man, said, like, no, get off my property. Kayla, you go in the house. We'll just wait till the police get her. I'd have called. See, we want to play petty. You already called the police, man. It's like 37 people outside of our house talking about they about to whoop my ass. They just sent the three or four cars. They only sent one, or they probably did. You know what? They did send more because there were other officers that right after that, the initial shots, they didn't shoot. But he did, though, you know? And people question, okay, hold on then. If those other two officers didn't shoot, why did he shoot? Because each person is individual. You're individual. I don't ever want to be police and wouldn't want to be police. But to be honest with you, coming from the streets, yes. She would have had to been shot because I don't know if I don't shoot you and you stab her up, you know, that's crazy. Gunshot is one thing people know being knifed up is, is a whole nother. <laughs> <laughs> that's my kryptonite right there, man. That's my kryptonite. I ain't gonna lie. Being knifed up just is your kryptonite. Just don't stick me. I, put, I, I can use a knife very well. So no, no, you know, hell no. I've been cutting food and chicken and knowing how easy it go through bones. And then you grab your thumb and you feel that bone and you realize that breastbone when you cut a whole chicken is a little bit harder than that thumb right there. So, you know, person ain't going to, they going to stick you all up in your stomach and sides and hit you. A knife going to win shit. Three three inches, that's your lung. She had a kitchen knife that was like seven inches long. That's going through your lung, through your heart. You know? You know, we're not making light of the situation, but what the problem was with, with everything that Michaela had I mean Kayla had gone through, she wasn't taught conflict resolution or yeah. understand the concept that I'm on my property. Y'all coming to my property. Okay, my parents are with me. Would their parents wanted to see a one-on-one -on -one fight? Because if my child is an honor student and had the grades that they said that she had, like I said, would you throw a party for your child knowing so they so 
So their life can be pushed to the furthest extent. So they can have a life. Or are you going to let them? Are you going to sit there and let them fight? Because maybe Michaela, if she pulled a knife, what if one of the other girls had a knife? What if one of the other girls had a gun and they decided, oh, you're going to pull a knife on my girl? What if the police didn't show up and she, you know, everybody gets shot? People just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? And people don't even know. It, you just don't know. There's repercussions and consequences for everything. If it's in the streets, if it's with the police, or with both. People don't even know it. And black people need it. I don't, well, this is what's getting me. What made her call the police? She actually made the phone call. Where, where are the parents at, man? Let's get on this. I ain't a perfect parent, man. Not even strangers to the closest. I'm estranged right now from my oldest daughter and have been, but that's a whole nother conversation. And I have two more. So it just doesn't, it doesn't, some things to me just don't make no sense. Why would you allow your child to be put in danger like that? But there are some people who put their children in danger and will lie to your face and swear that they're the best parents in the world. Oh. And I guarantee you, them foster parents fit the bill. They, you need to lose your <clears throat> foster care revocation. Take their license to be able to foster children. There's no reason she, Michaela should have been outside fighting anybody. No, it's just us. Okay, we're going to sit here with the front door open. Keep your knife, though. Stand right there. We're going to stay inside the house to the police. They come through the door, lock it behind them. It's a surprise party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I handle conflict resolution. You're right. Absolutely differently. You know, recently we had a, um, a unneighborly uh, exchange with the person uh, near us. And... You know, I handled it. And of course, we had a ring camera, and she was angry on our front porch. And I had had a step away from a, a meeting at work, so I'm working from home. But of course, in meetings all day, I go up, and she's she's all angry, and and I'm just looking at her and thinking, "Woman, you don't know me. You are lucky you have caught me on a good meditation day." I just de-escalated it. Like, look, that's not our goal. It's over a parking dog. Because dogs, you know, bark. And so, you know, I just de-escalated it. And I caught my husband. He heard the entire exchange because it was on our doorbell camera. And, you know, he's angry. He's going off. You know, because this neighbor is not the most courteous. But I don't want to live in a location where I got to have disharmony. Because, you know... I am a lot of things, but if I get fixated on revenge, it's probably not going to go well for anybody. This is why we call this the hard split, because this is where me and my sister defer. Don't mind her laughing at my story. I'm about to tell. This is her story that she just told you, but this is my reaction. And this is what people need to learn. Not everybody is the same. If you come to my house about something, you need to come with a smile on your face, even if you're pissed off. Come with a fucking smile, calm yourself down, and have a conversation. Because if you come to my house angry, I'll throw a bucket of hot or cold fucking water on you, depending on the season. 
be honest with you. Don't come angry because I don't know what the fuck you're up to. When you come angry and pissed off, and what is he going to do? If I come to somebody, I'm black again. So if I come to somebody's house angry, ringing their doorbell with an attitude, then when I do start talking to them, I got an attitude. Police is coming. There's going to be a weapon involved. There's going to be a fight. One of those three situations, usually not nothing just not happens. One of those three things are going to go down. You know what I'm saying? But if you come to my property angrily, I don't know what you're capable of. So if you're an old white lady, I'll throw a bucket of cold water on you in the middle of summer. I'm petty. <laughs> I'm petty. Black lady, bucket of cold water in the middle of summer. Petty. Don't come angry. And it's my property. I didn't know you were standing there. I got bad vision. I smoked too much weed. You know, I don't, you know, people like, ah, oh, you being, no, it's not being petty. Don't come with an attitude. We in a, we are in a society right now where my, I have not been in the streets for 20 years, but my perspective is we on guard on the defensive of everything. In the city of Louisville right now, you have to be careful pulling up the stoplights, you know? My car ain't super nice, but it runs, so a nigga might decide they want to take it from me one day while I got my kids in the car. Or if they want to try to take it when I'm by myself, have at it. But if, if my kids in the car, leave us alone. But they're targeting, you know, and they're sliding on people like this in Chicago or, or Jacksonville, Florida. Like, seriously. people. I, mean, I had to explain what drilling is to my sister. You're driving and riding and killing. Like, what are you? Yeah. Catch an ops, yeah. She's like, what do you mean? Like your opponent on Call of Duty? I said, exactly. She just like threw her hands up and I said, yeah. She's like, I'm glad you're staying up on it. Yes, I am. It's, you know, it's crazy. I ain't never, it's like it's though. Always know people who are in the streets, no niggas, it's 10 toes. They ain't never leave. I don't care what you try to sell them, but kind of how you wrap it up, put a bow on it, they ain't leaving. And there's some people just trying to leave to keep going back, keeping a foot in. Right now, if you're not trying to get out of the streets, you've lost your fucking mind. Because they're killing kids. Uh, they're pissing on grave sites and stuff. Um, if a dude, if you got, okay, I want this to be known. If you have smoke in the streets, don't ride around with your kids. Because usually if you have smoke in the streets, you got tent on your windows. And if someone's going to slide on you, fuck your tent. They don't care. If they know it's your vehicle, they're going... Nowadays, it ain't the, the Dracos. I, I, I have to interrupt you. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I have to interrupt you because I will now need to interpret what you just said. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, if you are... If you have a uh, an ar oh, if you have an argument or a uh, a vendetta out against you in the streets, and you have a vehicle that is tinted where no one can see who is in the vehicle with you, never travel with your children because these enemies with a vendetta against you in the streets will shoot you indiscriminately, and your child can get killed as well. Exactly. Is that the accurate uh, interpretation? Yes, that okay. is absolutely <laughs> it. I know it sounds. I know it sounds crazy, but it's like I know you have to the smoke and the slide and the ops and like. Are you even speaking English? Is this guy speaking English? Yes, I tell you, parents, you need to interpret the language that is of the day, because if you don't, you won't understand your kids, period. 
You don't know what fucking like, and y'all think I'm playing. You don't. The language the kids are speaking now is not the language me and my sister smoked when we was growing up. You'd be like, ah, oh, that's hot. That's far. You know, you, you do that a little bit now, but you know, you're beefing with somebody. You didn't call them your ops. Niggas just did drive-bys. They didn't call it sliding. They going to get that nigga, or they went to get that nigga. <laughs> that's what it was. Like seriously, that's what you know. From my, from what I saw, that that that's exactly what it was. You know, and but now it's a sport. They are riding four deep. Imagine this: you got four people in a car with four guns with at least fifty rounds apiece. That's two hundred rounds, and they've gotten smart. They're not like us. Uh, we just put bullets and guns. These niggas is researching. Uh, I want some dum dum, some hollow tips, some two two threes, some thirty odd sixes with the, you know, you know they got some bullets out there that'll go through your armor vehicles. So, and and they have these weapons on the streets, semi automatic, fully automatic weapons of war is what I call them. Shit you see in Afghanistan. You know what? There, are, I'm gonna go ahead and tell the truth, and no one can dispute this. There are people with guns on the street that armies in other countries don't have. <laughs> got them weapons. You think you got a something. Yeah, you got a, you got a, see, like when you prepare for an army, they M16s mass produced. Now, they're going to modify the Draco so it don't jump when it's shooting. So it's more accurate. And niggas are so good, they can hit you from a block away. You got a 15, 16 year old kid that can literally shoot you in your head from a block away. No scope. No beam. Two-hand dead shot, niggas. This is what they do in Chicago, and it's spread throughout the entire country. If That's another thing. Niggas apparently couldn't shoot back in the days. Now, they killing the whole car. Like, kill the car? What do you mean? The whole car. No one's going to live, and the car's not going to run when they done they talking about Swiss. It's ridiculous, man. I don't understand. I don't understand what will make somebody want to shoot at somebody so many times. I do, but I don't. If it's for money or family, yeah. Or, But it's for bodies. And once a body drops, all negotiations and truces is out the window. It's murdered until the last one's gone. All right. Oh, yeah. So... We're gonna to have to wrap it up here. I, so we no, you're good. Like you good. I know. I think I think Greg's a little nervous. Uh, I have a already have a podcast. If you want, check it out. It's called Pick Truth. Um, it's where me and one of my friends we read confessions that people send us or that we find online. Um, and rate them according to their level of heat. So check that out. Pick truth. I'm trying to be a special guest, y'all. If y'all want me to be a special guest. Oh, yeah, we will. Send your email. Yeah, like we will absolutely uh, allow you to be uh, a special guest. We're going to do a little segment at the end of each episode called There's Still Hope. So uh, so for this episode, um, There's Still Hope, um, it, it's a little bit on and off topic. So a parole officer empathy training leads to a 13% drop in offenders returning to jail. So there was a UC Berkeley study used to um, 
look at empathy training amongst probation officers and to see how it uh, has any um, helps to reduce recidivism and reoffending. And there was a 13% drop. And I just thought, that's amazing. And it's important to think about that regardless of where we come from or where we start at, that emotional intelligence and empathy and understanding people and understanding that everyone's life may not be like yours. And there are expectations and rules and cultural norms that you have abided by because it's all you've known, but you get the empathy that you need and not to be treated like a piece of trash or as if you're nobody because you've committed a crime in an environment where that's the only thing you've known. So um, I just thought, you know, there's still hope. There's hope. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful that people can begin to see that we are we are all struggling. If you're not rich, you are poor. Uh, you, you can think there's in between if you want to. And even uh, if you're rich, you're not even rich. There's right. Levels to it. There's levels to it. Exactly. But yeah, so that is my, there's still hope. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to this episode of The Hard Split. All right. Do you ever want to say anything at the end? Uh, no, I actually have one more. Uh, there is still hope. Did you hear what you you know who you, you know who Young Thug is the rapper? Well, the young rapper Young Thug in Ghana, they got with prosecutors, attorneys down there in Mariana, Georgia, and they bonded out thirty low-level offenders. Like who? Do, that's my dream. That just man. Like like if I would, I've been a Thug fan, but now I'm a super Thug fan, man. People don't, the people don't know what that means. People just don't know what that fucking means. Just by them bailing them out, at least they know at least one person gives a fuck. That's all it takes sometimes. It's knowing that one person. Because when you see these mass shootings and stuff, they don't think anybody cares. When you're in jail, it feels like nobody cares. Oh, he bailed us out? He didn't have to do this. He's rich. He's a millionaire. He could be in Paris somewhere buying Dior's or something, but he's not. He's in the hood, bailing out cats. Well, of course, they're low level or whatever like that, but they're not in jail. Jail's for the birds. Women, men, black, white, brown. He got them all released. Hats off to him, though. Hats off to him. That's where I want to be one day. That's the shit I'm talking about right there. All right, I still hope. All right, guys. I hope y'all have a good night. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is G Money speaking for the Ten Toes. Ever heard of the expression being Ten Toes Down? Yeah, Ten Toes Down. Yes. There's a lot of people that are Ten Toes Down. I'm speaking for the Ten Toes. Because okay. a lot of them don't have a voice. It's a lot of felons, they don't, they, they don't have this opportunity. If they do, they may be more or less inclined to speak on certain aspects and certain things, you know, certain codes they can't speak on. Because they're still in the streets. I'm not. I can speak on it. I've been through it and I've lived it, so I can have an opinion. And like, I don't understand how people who haven't lived that life form their lips to even have an opinion. Like, I seriously don't understand that. Like, the biggest crooks in our country right now, I hate to say this, are athletes and pastors. Because they'll follow a pastor or an athlete into the depths of hell, but they won't follow their own fucking family member on Facebook to promote their business. But they'll follow Michael Jordan, LeBron James, or go listen to what the Reverend got to say. But they won't follow Vicky and, and share her shit, though. You see what I'm saying? 
that's the stuff I don't like. And that's what makes us different. Because you're more, you're less, I think you're less confrontational. I'm, I'm one of them people where you just, you really probably don't want to ask. And people don't. Because I post questions on my Facebook all the time. For I really do for everybody to ask because I really don't know. No one ever responds. I never get a response to any question that I've ever asked on Facebook. You have. Remember a couple of years ago, I wrote the worst thing. What's worse? What's more dangerous? Loyalty or uh, or love? And you said uh, ignorance. I remember that. You said ignorance is more dangerous. And you're right. You can be loyal to somebody. You can love them. But if you're ignorant, it doesn't even matter because ain't nobody going to be able to tell the difference if you're loyal or being loved if you're being an ignorant person. Thanks for listening to our first uh, pilot episode. Um, it's been great. I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Greg, you got any comments or feedback? I think we had a great show today. I'm looking forward to many shows in the future. And, and our listeners, if you like what you're hearing, send us an email at thehardsplit at mail.com.